You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That's at Locked On Cubs. Hope everyone's having themselves a wonderful morning. Maybe it's an all-star break for you of sorts. huh? Enjoying yourself a little bit, taking it easy, relaxing, getting primed and ready for a killer second half. That's right. The all-star, the all-star game kind of is like the halfway point of the summer, right? I always thought as a society, we kind of screwed up. Here's what we should have done with the school year. Because whenever I think summer, even though I'm in my mid-30s now, I still think school year. We should have done it this way. The school year should have began the Tuesday after Labor Day and then end the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. Because that's usually toward the end of May, May 25th, 26th or so, right? That way the kids get all of June, all of July, all of August off. You get basically three full months off. Three months off, nine months of school. Now that's a balance, right? And the work week should be four days, three days off. Four days of work, three days off. That's how it should be. If I had a time machine, I'd go back and say, hey, what's with this five days on, two days off nonsense? Who's to blame? Who, who do I have to smack around to set you all straight, right? That's what I'm talking about. This episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB Prospects. It's MLB draft season, and the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast is covering every future star of the MLB. Host Aram Layton brings to you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. So subscribe to Lockdown MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Cubs fans. With no games to talk about, I will be breaking down the sec the first half, and I'm going to save the second half preview for maybe Wednesday or Thursday's episode. But today, I will be recapping the first half of the season. I'll be talking a little bit of the All-Star Game festivities. We'll talk about that home run derby that just took place last night. And I'll give you uh, one of my favorite All-Star Game moments ever, and it happened to be the first All-Star Game I ever remember watching as a child, the very first one. And I'll give you a hint. It took place in 1991. So if you're a lifelong Cubs fan, you might think to yourself, 1991, what happened there? The Cubs did not host it. The Cubs hosted, well, Wrigley, I should say. Wrigley Field hosted the 1990 All-Star Game. It also hosted in 1962. And damn it, we're due again. Wrigley Field should be hosting an All-Star Game very, very soon. It's, kind of, it's been too long. So let's, let's fix, let's write that wrong, Major League Baseball. Side note, here's something I enjoyed from the draft. Talked a little bit about the Cubs draft yesterday. There's more picks coming out. Uh, once the draft is completed, I'd like to get on one of the draft experts to talk about you know some of the later round picks, which I'll admit, I don't really know all of them. I mean, I've, I've, I'm reading them, but I don't know who's who or who to be excited about. Uh, that's something I try to wait for after these guys get playing a little bit. You know, they they get they go off to Arizona, you know, the complex and little rookie ball, and then you can kind of see who's who. I know I, I like a lot of uh, the early round analysis that I've been reading so far about the second, third, fourth, fifth round has been very, very encouraging. So far, it seems like a very good draft for our Chicago Cubs. Now, I mentioned uh, the draft because when I was watching it on TV on Sunday night, every time, every single time. Robert Manfred, Rob Manfred, we walked up to the podium, booze, just booze. You think it gets to the point where these commissioners, I think this is the only thing they look forward to. 
you're a commissioner of a, a professional league, you know, you got Bettis in hockey, you've got Roger Goodell in football, NBA, it's not Stern. What's his name now? Skinny guy glasses. I'm blanking on his name. But then in baseball, you have Manfred. They all get booed. The NBA one, I think, is kind of respected. I think people are like, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. But it, they all seem, no one really seems to like these guys. And yet, this is like their one night in which they do anything. You know, I'm sure, I mean, they do things, but where they're like front and center. I know they hand off the World Series trophy. At that point, they don't get booed too badly because the home crowd just, or the away crowd, whoever wins, they're just so pumped up their team won. So there's not a whole lot of hate going on there. But for the drafts, all of them come out and it's immediately like, boo, you're ruining the game. I hate you. And then they're just like, now selecting the Pittsburgh Pirates take a catcher out of. And it's just, they're just hissing at them. It's hilarious. I love it. I'm actually a big fan of it. It's, it's good fun. It's good fun. So the Cubs have two all-stars in Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell. I'll begin with this. I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast. Wilson Contreras made some remarks after the Cubs loss on Saturday evening to the St. Louis Cardinals. And which, you know, go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you haven't yet. But basically, Contreras said that he is doesn't seem to think there's the same amount of effort or whatever. He said, you know, I can't get everyone to play like me and Javi. I think he was kind of implicating that those two play with more passion than others. Now, there was some pushback from David Ross, Cubs manager, basically saying, you should say that to your teammates before saying it to the press, which I agree with. I agree with. Now, if Wilson comes out and says, I've been saying it, no one's listening, then also, I I got your back there, Wilson. I'm a big fan of Wilson Contreras. I'm chalking this up to some frustration and the fact that the team kind of went into the season with a dark cloud over it in the sense that they knew they had a good 75, 80 games to inspire the front office to go out and get help, um, inspire the front office to believe in this team and make some extensions and other such things. Think about if you were a player in the Chicago Cubs going into this year and you're like, well, then Wilson Contreras is in a weirder spot too because he's been with these guys. He came up in 2016. He hasn't been on the team as long as Javi, of course, and Rizzo and Bryant, who are all now free agents. They came up in 2015. But he's been there. He's been through the ups and downs. I'm sure he's thinking to himself, all the guys I came up with are going to be traded soon. I might be traded soon. You know, we wanted one last awesome season if it was in our control. We want to be here long term, a lot of them. And and, and in the offseason, all you're hearing is rumors about trades. You're seeing your team cut payroll, and not just a little bit, but a lot. $60 million less in 2021 as compared to the 2020 payroll. So there's going to be a lot of like, all right, well, what am I getting into here? And then it's going to get to the point where when some of his these guys get dealt off, he's got to ask himself, do I want to be here? If we're going to go cheap and, and go super young, what's the point of me being here? I could go try to get another ring. I could go get paid somewhere else where they're where they care more. I'm not he's not implying the fans don't care, but ownership perhaps. So there's a lot going on there. They asked. Both Kimbrell and Bryant today, you know, the national media was out there. The all-star, every all-star kind of has their own little press conference, essentially. And Bryant was like saying, hey, when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about baseball. All I do is think about baseball. I'm thinking about my swing. I'm thinking about the matchup that day. I'm coming prepared. I'm doing this. I've never not been ready for a baseball game. And 
there's evidence to that. Chris Bryant is a student of the game. He worked hard in the offseason to change his swing a little bit so he could hit the higher fastball a little bit better. You know, they'd been challenging with velocity up in the zone. He did a great job against that pitch. Chris Bryant is a deserved all-star despite having a bad month of June. He's been coming around a little bit lately here in July. He had a fantastic April and May. Even the be- even players who win MVP have bad months, believe it or not. They do. Bryant is an all-star. He's played five different positions without complaint. He's everything you'd want in a franchise player. And I've, I've said it earlier on in the podcast, like when I first took over this podcast in mid-May, letting him go is, is going to be something that I really think might haunt this franchise. I hope it doesn't. I hope they're smart. I hope they extend him. Or if they do trade him, re-sign him in the offseason to the best of their ability. Because again, like Wilson, he might think, ah, it's best for both parties. I move on, which I'd hope isn't the case. And I know Chris Bryant has his detractors for some reason. I'm not really sure why, because he's had, you know, six full seasons as a cub. And the two that have been bad, one was a crazy pandemic year, and the other he was injured, and he still wasn't bad. He was 20% above league average. Every full season, every year in which Chris Bryant gives you at least 145 games, he has been an all-star level player. That simple. And I don't understand why some people don't like him. I think it was some weird media narrative. Oh, he's a Scott Boris guy. He'll never resign with us anyway. Don't get too attached. I, I just don't buy it. This guy loves being a Cub. And if they respect him and, and pay him what he's what he's owed, what, he's deser- what he deserves, he'll be a Cub for a long time. So let's... I really hope that's the move they make. Chris said, I understand Wilson's frustrations. We're all frustrated with the way we've been playing. I don't think he was going after anyone specific. Kimbrell said the same thing. Kimbrell said, I didn't interpret him his calling on any individuals. I think he was just talking about the team as a whole. And I and I believe that, you know, and I, and I also, I'm okay with frustrations and anger. I get that way. We all get that way in real life. They're human beings. And then just like I was okay with David Ross saying, yeah, next time, come to us because I think there is something about keeping things in the clubhouse as best as you can. I know some people disagree with David Ross. I know David Ross is getting a lot of flack right now. I think it's easy oftentimes to go after the manager when your team isn't playing well. The anger needs to be put somewhere when sometimes I feel like it's, I don't even, there's a lot of anger to go around. There's a lot of reasons to say, why aren't the Cubs the cream of the crop? Like they were for a good three, four year stretch there. And I do count 2018 as part of that. From 2015 to 2018, the Cubs were World Series contenders. Some people deny 2018 saying, oh, the offense broke the last six weeks of the season, all that. Look, I've gone over the reasons. They played 41 games in 40 days. They had a, a crazy schedule at the end of the year. They got they were burnt out a little bit. They dealt with a major injury to Chris Bryant. They won 95 games with Chris Bryant missing 60 and you Darvish giving you nothing. You Darvish won one game that year, made like seven starts, 50 innings. He, get, he was bad when he pitched and he didn't pitch most of the year and still with those two major blows they won 95 games and then they didn't add much in the offseason after that they picked up Cole Hamill's option and that was it and Daniel Descalso they added him because he had a history of being a clutch player which by the way he actually was in April of 2019 he had a couple game winning hits early in the year I remember thinking wow this guy's actually a pretty decent pickup then he was terrible and then you had to deal with Edison Russell being a horrible person. And then there's all sorts of stuff. We make a great trade for Nick Castellanos. But then Baez missed the last month of 2019. It's just, look, there's things happen. There's a reason there aren't often repeat winners in professional sports and Major League Baseball in particular. Been over 21 years since there's been a back-to-back champ. 
And a lot of teams don't repeat. I mean, the Giants had that run of 10, 12, 14, winning those every other year there. But a lot of teams that have won, even even like the Red Sox, who won twice in the aughts, I guess you'd call it. They won in 04 and then 07, and then they won in 13 and 18. Those were different teams each time, essentially. They had some core pieces still there, but there was the team's got a makeover, and they missed the playoffs altogether in between those runs. Just doesn't happen often. You know, the Rangers went to back to back World Series. The Tigers had a couple deep runs. The Royals went to back to back World Series, winning one. The Dodgers have been to three of the last four. So the Dodgers kind of became what we all hoped the Cubs would become. Still think it's a little different when the Dodgers never stopped spending money and the Cubs did. There is a difference there. As much as you want to tip your hat to some of the player development the Dodgers have done, which they have done a very good job. But the Cubs' player development is already back on the upswing. I mentioned this yesterday. The Cubs were ranked 18th by fan graphs before the draft. And a lot of people are loving their draft so far. And you got a lot of people who are saying like, oh, these, this is by the end of the year, they could be top 12. And you got all that payroll. It's, I know I've I've been beating a dead horse with this lately, but I really think there's no excuse not to spend in 2022. Just want to put that out there. Rock auto, everybody. This episode is brought to you by rock auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning. Here's what you want to do. You want to go on to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Figure it out there, right? They have been serving uh, do-it-yourselfers like yourself for over 20 years. They're a family business, so they get it. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. If you could think of it, they've got it. So definitely go to rockauto.com, explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, the first half did not go our Cubs way, of course. The Cubs hit, it's not really, by the way, this is something that my guy Herb Lawrence, who's a producer of the, uh, at the score, 670 here locally in Chicago. He's also the co-host of the Lockdown White Sox podcast. A great human being is Herb Lawrence. He always likes to point out that the all-star game, all-star break is not the halfway point because we have played 90 games. That's true. It's not at the 81 game mark. I don't know why they don't make it that way. It's probably a scheduling thing. You know, they always like to have the game on a Tuesday for the sake of, I don't know, nothing. What else is good on a Tuesday in July? You know, and they could get most of a week off. You know, ended on a Sunday. If you're not an all star, you get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It makes sense. It does make sense. But for whatever reason, it's usually around the 90 game mark. Well, the Cubs were 44 and 46 through 90 games. Interestingly enough, in 2017, the All-Star, it must have been a couple of rainouts, but they were 43 and 45. And then they made the splash trade during that break for Jose Quintana, who history is rewriting that trade, I could see. You see a lot of people, I saw one tweet the other day when people were trying to pontificate what went wrong with the Cubs, in which they said, well, we traded Eloy Jimenez, an MVP, which someone said, which I find hilarious. And Dylan Cease for 
a number eight starter. Someone said of Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana was a number two starter for the White Sox, and by statistics, a number two starter for most teams, an ace for a few. He was an all-star in 2015, was not an all-star in 2016, was a guy who was a he was ranked 12th in the American League in starting pitchers when we acquired him. Justin Verlander, a guy that everyone else wanted, was ranked lower. Verlander had a very bad first half that year. He had an ERA at about 4.7 and was getting up there in age and had a lot of money owed still. He then took off after the All-Star break. The Astros acquired him in late August. At that point, we didn't really have a spot in the rotation for Justin Verlander. He wanted to come to the Cubs. He did. He said, I'll wave. He had no trade clause. He said, I'll wave it for the Cubs. He, he wanted to play at Wrigley. You know, he wanted to join that squad. And in, in hindsight, it would have been great to have him. But we had already made the trade for Quintana, you know, three or four weeks before that. Or, you know, almost six weeks before that. What, mid-August, uh, mid-July, the end of August. And Jose Quintana was Q. I'm just going to call him Q because every now and then I'm like, do I say it Quintana? Is it like that or is it Quintana? I think it's Quintana. He was very good for the Cubs the second half of that season. Without him, we don't win the NL Central, which we won pretty easily, about six-game lead over the Brewers. So I don't deem that a bad trade. I think any trade that clinches you a playoff spot is pretty good overall. Some people are trying to say it's one of the worst trades ever. Now, are you kidding me? How can you say that? I don't. Do you know the history of trades? It's not even the worst Cubs trade ever. Like, we traded John Garland from Matt Karchner in 1998. We won a wild card that year, but like Matt Karchner was a middle relief pitcher. And we traded a first round draft pick who ended up being a solid starter on a World Series rotation for the White Sox. Way dumber trade. And also for Cubs fans who think, oh man, we have to deal with Sox fans giving us a hard time about Eloy. The White Sox traded us Sammy Sosa. Ken Patterson and Sammy Sosa for George Bell, who played one year for them and then basically was out of baseball. And we all know what Sammy Sosa did. Roids or no roids, he had a lot of home runs for us and was very exciting. He would have, I'm sure they would have loved that bat hitting behind Frank Thomas. So don't let that bother you so much as Cubs fans. Eloy, to me, is going to be a guy who's probably going to be a perennial all-star about. He'll never win an MVP because he doesn't play a position. Can DHs win MVP? Maybe. Maybe, but not really. Not in today's era of advanced stats and realizing how valuable having a good defensive player is. It's very unlikely. And we don't know how he's going to come back from this injury he just had. And if they're not smart, he's already said that he wants to keep playing the field. So to make him happy, they might keep trotting him out there to left field, and he will keep getting injured. That man does should not own a glove. That's how bad Eloy Jimenez is. Eloy Jimenez was not long for the Chicago Cubs. If we didn't trade him for Q, we were going to trade him eventually. I don't. The fact that Jose Quintana did not pitch for us the way he did for the White Sox is the the tragedy of it. It's not who we gave up so much. When you're competing, you're going to give up some players who are going to be good later on. That's just the way that goes. That's like the history. of That's how trades work. We're in a win-now mode. So you go to a team and say, hey, I want that guy. They then go, well, we want some of your young players who are going to be good down the line. Now, the reason as Cubs fans, we should have a cautious approach to who we're going to acquire this upcoming trade season is because with the pandemic and how things are going with a lot of teams not spending, their prospects are, they hold more valuable, more value to them. 
You don't see teams making the big splash trades like they used to these last couple of years. The CBA is coming up. Some people think there'll be a strike in 2023. So there's a whole lot going on. I think Kimber will still net you a top 50 prospect. I think you could get some nice pieces for Chris Bryant. Javi could get you something maybe, depending on you know who you play off each other if you're trying to get two teams kind of battling for the guy. But overall, you know, it's there's going to be a couple guys where you're like, we should have just held on to them, offered them the qualifying offer in the offseason, and then taken the draft pick, which is a thing we could do. Like for Anthony Rizzo, he's a guy like that. Say we hold on to him to the end of the year. We can't work out an extension. We give him that qualifying offer, which is around $18 million or so, I believe. If he turns it down, we get a draft pick. If he accepts it, we get another year of Anthony Rizzo. It's a win-win in my book. He gets a nice little raise. He might accept that deal. Something to think about. A few things about the first half that really stick out to me were the horrific start to April where it was historically bad offense. The pitching was okay. The bullpen was elite. They finished the month of April 11 and 14. Then May, completely different team. They they tweaked the lineup as much as they could. Jason Hayward was on the IL, which ended up being a blessing in disguise. No, you don't ever want to say that when someone gets hurt, of course. Don't quote me the wrong way. But in a way, it led to some creativity with the lineup. Chris Bryant found himself in the outfield. Matt Duffy found himself at third base. Nico Horner was tearing it up at AAA Iowa. Their season didn't start till May, so he was only down there for a week or so. And then they brought him up, and then he was getting some time, and he was looking very good. Because it, it, you kind of determined that David Bodie wasn't quite the guy, and you know Eric Sogard wasn't an everyday player. They kind of like Eric Sogard as a pinch hitter, which Eric Sogard is actually was decent as a pinch hitter for a while. He was hitting like over 300 off the bench as a pinch hitter. When they started playing him every day is when he put up statistics that were like, wow, this guy is awful at baseball. So then they, so then all of a sudden you have Nico and Matt Duffy in the lineup. And what Matt Duffy did that turned things around was that he was giving you quality at bats. Even when he wasn't getting out of base, he wasn't chasing garbage outside the zone. He was working the count, really just a professional at bat. You could trust that Matt Duffy, you know, it's like Matt Duffy, you know, babysit my kids. I got to run out to the store. I trust you. You know, help yourself to the fridge. I already know you're not going to be one of those guys that eats way too much. You're not going to raid the fridge. You know, I, I, I trust you, Matt Duffy. That's that's what Matt Duffy was about. And that had a domino effect. When you have a couple players who are having really good quality at bats, it kind of leads to the other rest of the players to be like, well, I got to produce like that too. When the Cubs were going well, they had a lot of that up and down the lineup. Then Duffy got hurt. Nico got hurt. And it all kind of fell apart. You know, on surface level, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be two hitters leave and then everything just goes down the drain. But I really do think a lot of it was the makeup and the and the mindset of a lot of these guys where they're thinking, Javi Baez is thinking, hey, I was running up for MVP one year. I'm an all-star. Contreras, I'm an all-star. Rizzo, I've been an all-star. Chris Bryant, I have been an MVP. And you got four guys like that, and they're all pressing at the same time, and the pitching's bad. So offensively, you're like, I got to get out. We got to get out to a good start here. And then the pitching's like, we have no offense. We've got to be perfect. It just was this perfect storm of garbage, you know, where just nothing could go right. And then the bullpen got taxed, and that's when it all fell apart from mid-June on. Really late June. Eh, June 20-something all the way through where we're at right now in July. 
And that's why the Cubs are 44 and 46. And it's it's a bummer that we have these expiring contracts because if these contracts weren't expiring, you could say to yourself, wow, we've got an easy schedule in August and September. Let's go tr- Let's go make a deal. Because, you know, you're listening to the national broadcast on Saturday and the media is basically saying the Cardinals, who are the same record as us, they're going to, who are they going to go add? Cubs, who are they going to get rid of? It's crazy. It's unfortunate it came to this. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. And get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. You guys see that fight? Conor McGregor's leg. Ouch! Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't stand on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance. This is your chance. Get on some action, huh? Let's roll the dice, but do it on Bet Online. So head to the website or use your phone and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How about that? That's a sweet deal. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. All right, the home run derby took place. Pete Alonzo wins for the second straight year, joining Elite Company with Ken Griffey Jr. And Yanni Cespedes is the only players to win back-to-back. Prince Fielder also won multiple, but it was not back-to-back. And Ken Griffey Jr. is still the all-time leader. He has won three. So Pete Alonso enjoying uh, some elite company there. Here's something something interesting as well. Here's Alonzo's. This is from Ryan M. Spader tweeted. Career, er, career salary earnings for Pete Alonso, who they call the Polar Bear. Cool nickname. $1,473,449. Career home run derby earnings, $2 million. He's won more money off of winning two home run derbies than he has in his entire career because he's still on that rookie contract, which is a bargain for major league teams. I think that's going to be a big part of the next CBA, making it where it's like maybe we'll give you a little more control, but you better start paying people a lot more up front. There were some bomb shots. The farthest from Alonzo was 498. The deepest home run. Oh, by the way, he beat Trey Mancini. Great story. Baltimore Oriole player who missed uh, the last season with cancer. Shohei Otani, the big two-way star who will be the starting pitcher and the leadoff hitter for the American League. Based off against Max Scherzer, the NL's lineup is not out yet. This is how I'm recording this. He did not make it out of the first round. Probably put a little too much pressure on himself to put on a show. But holy cow, Juan Soto, 520 feet. Absolute bomb shot. I like the home run derby despite some of the annoying announcing that goes along with it on occasion. Trevor Story actually had a great game, home, a great uh, home run derby being the hometown hero. He hit one 518. Unreal. He knocks out Matt Olson in his round. It was a good derby. And the All-Star game is tonight. I am, of course, always rooting for the National League like I do. The American League has been very dominant as of most of my life, it feels like. I remember there was one time where the American League won like seven in a row and I was still like the NL. The National League still has the most all time. Can't say that anymore. American League has passed the NL. I'm glad they're not doing that goofy whoever wins the All-Star game gets World Series home field advantage. It just never made sense. I know they're trying to make our All-Star game mean something. That one All-Star game in 2002 ended in a tie. And I always thought the big mistake there was to let position players pitch. Wouldn't they have been funny? Like Anthony Rizzo was an All-Star last in 2016. Imagine if that went in extra innings and he goes up there and starts pitching. That would have been hilarious for everyone. I don't think you, you know, I know the pitchers, they worry about injuries, of course, but position players, they're going up there lobbing it. It would have been a good time or end it with a home run derby. They could have done something better than, 
oh, whoever wins gets the World Series advantage. That's that was a real dumb move by Bud Selig. Has baseball had a good commissioner? Not in my lifetime. Paul Giamatti, the actor, his father was baseball commissioner way back in the day. There's a little fun fact for all the listeners. Here's my favorite all-star game memory. From the very first all-star game I recall watching as a child, I believe I was six years old. It's 1991 all-star game. My guy, Andre Dawson, was representing our Chicago Cubs. And I was a huge Andre, Andre Dawson fan. Still one of my favorite baseball players of all time. He was the 87 MVP, rookie of the year in 77. He's a Hall of Famer. Guy was a 5 tool player before he messed up his knees. Killer defense. Rocket of an arm. The Hawk. Great nickname. He comes up to bat against Roger Clemens. And I remember the announcement being like power versus power. And Clemens threw 100. And so they're like, who's going to win this matchup? Throws him a low fastball. Probably upper 90s. Dawson just comes on. Dawson this real cool like helicopter tomahawk type swing. You know, he had like a big torso, but long skinny legs, skinny waist. And just hit it. Bam! Just whacked it, right? Ball went about 450 to dead center. If you don't follow at Lockdown Cubs on Twitter, do so because I will tweet the link to that video. I watched it recently and it's a bomb shot off of Clemens who was like the guy at the time. You know, just absolute heat. He'd struck out 20 guys twice. Uh, he hadn't done the second one yet. He struck out 20 in 86, which was a major league record. Then he tied his own record in 96. We have Cole Snow, Kerry Wood in 1998, set the National League record, and then tied his record. And Max Scherzer and Randy Johnson also did it since. So there's my favorite moment. Other Cubs home runs. Alfonso Soriano hit one in 2007. And Chris Bryant hit one in 2016 off of White Sox pitcher at the time, Chris Sale. Now, I don't know if this is a fact. This is something I could not get accurate information. You know, some things you type into Google and you don't get an answer. But this is the question was, I was trying to see, has anyone ever hit a home run in the World Series and in the All-Star game in the same season? And I couldn't find that was too specific or weird of a question that Google didn't have an answer. And I was like, am I going to have to look through every World Series to see the home runs and then look to see who hit a home run in the All-Star game that year? I could never really dig into it. But Chris Bryant that year hit a home run in the All-Star game and hit a home run in the World Series. And I feel like he's the only player to have ever done that. I, 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 at the time, no one, no one's mentioned it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. Chris Bryant, only guy to ever do it. There you go. All right, go National League. Thanks for listening, everyone. I got some surprises for you the rest of the week. This has been the Locked On Cubs podcast. And as check out Locked On Today, everybody, get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.